0: And so when you think about, I'm, taking to, I'm putting another layer to it, but it's now let's say a foreign actor. It's an adversary using this uh, medium to literally brainwash children.
1: Welcome to Awake at the Wheel. In this episode, we're going to be discussing social media. We're going to talk about the positives and the negatives as we do try to look at both sides of things. And I'll start off with acknowledging right off the bat the hypocrisy potentially of what we're talking about with us being posted on YouTube and social media. Um, But I think that there are some real concerns that are arising and emerging uh, with respect to social media usage amongst children, adolescents, and adults. So Oren, where should we begin with this?
0: Well, let's start with something that was, um, let's say equivocal a number of years ago, which was the research, the early research showed that there was a correlation. Now, start off with just a correlation and people say, well, correlation does not necessarily equal Mm -hmm. causation. My favorite saying. Right, and which is valid, but the correlation was between people with, let's say, more depression or anxiety, spending more time on social media. Mm -hmm. So the question was, are they, let's say, socially anxious, so they feel more comfortable online, Mm -hmm. or is being online so much leading to, you know, enhanced anxiety, or do they, you know, is it chicken-egg type of thing? So uh, maybe we can start with that, because I think the evidence is now clear. The research has shown, I think, unequivocally, Mm -hmm. that truly being online does predict worse mental health outcomes. Yeah. Not for everybody, yeah. but it does
1: for many. And I think even the mentally healthy would agree that there is a great deal of, of pressure. I suppose that arises from exposure to social media. And specifically, what I'm thinking about is even people amongst our age demographic. This constant comparison uh, of you know what people are posting on. I guess old people like us use Facebook. So what are people <laughs> posting on Facebook? And you know they they are only posting the highlight reel of their life. And even though I think the majority of adults um, or at least a high volume of adults can acknowledge that bias, despite that, it's still difficult to reconcile and overcome. Um, and furthermore, we know that there's research that tells us about the dopamine rush that you get from likes, right? So that's another piece of the puzzle here where I think that's really messing with people's mental health for lack of a better way of putting it.
0: Right. And just because I'm anal about language mm-hmm. and we even did a podcast about that. Yes. Just so somebody doesn't criticize us for talking about the dopamine rush. Yeah. Dopamine is not associated with the pleasure. Dopamine is that reinforcers, the yes. reward. It yeah. tells you you it there's something that's good for you or that you makes you feel good. Yeah. Keep going yes, after exactly. it. Exactly. Right. So the uh, the pleasure that you get is being reinforced and and you're going after it more and more right. and more.
1: It's I did this thing that made me feel good, which is posting, and now it's being reinforced with these likes.
0: Right. And yeah. that's what dopamine does. It orients you to it and says, keep getting it. Yeah. And nobody's immune to that. Yeah, you know, unless you have no. deficient dopamine receptors. Sure. So, right, and some people are more susceptible to it than others, uh, especially young people. And but again, even older people as well. So we have to acknowledge the potential pernicious effects of social media and this desperate seeking of it's We say likes, but the reality is it's validation. And,
1: Simply right. put, yeah, yeah.
0: validation yeah. from strangers. Mm-hmm. Validation from, you know, let's say the vast majority of whom you will never meet and many of whom you probably would not want to meet. Yeah. Yet you need that.
1: You you care, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, and what you said about like, you know, this is the other fascinating thing, which is that People know, I'm going to liken this to professional wrestling, okay, or magic, let's Mm -hmm. say either one, where you know it's not real. Now, for all the wrestling uh, fans, I will say (laughs) that I understand that the injuries that people sustain and the athletics and everything, that's all real, just to be clear. I fully respect wrestlers. I know several, I fully respect them, okay? But the fact is, when people get immersed in it and the drama and the storylines and everything, you know, they know that it's... Not real. There's an element of acting to it's, it. It's acting, yeah. you know, even in the drama and everything, mm-hmm. but the feeling that you get when you're immersed in it, mm-hmm. it's, it's rewarding, yeah. you want more of it. Yeah. And so you're saying that we know intellectually. Yeah. That people are posting only the best parts of their vacation or mm-hmm. whatever else like that. But still, there's a part of our mind that says, no, but I want that. They have a better yeah. life than I have. Yeah. And it's the same as, let's say, and, and this has been around for so many years, where we talk about photoshopping mm-hmm. of models. And this was even before the internet, where yeah. we knew that they airbrushed, the airbrushed, and, exactly, right? and yeah. people knew this, yet still people saw that and said, I want that. I yeah. want to be like that. Yeah. I feel terrible that I'm not like that. Yeah. Knowing it does not prevent the impact.
1: Right. So if adults whose brains are fully (laughs) developed, aren't able to reconcile that discrepancy, what on earth are kids supposed to do? And... I'm aware of at least two, so I'm sure there are more, but there are lawsuits that are actually being launched against these social media giants um, accusing them or stating, at least in their, their statement of claim, that these companies are fully aware of what they're doing and they are purposefully marketing to children. So there's, there's a lot to unpack there as far as we know that children can't manage it because, frankly, adults can't, and yet these companies are in a predatory fashion marketing to children.
0: Right, and we also know that, um, especially with TikTok, they have, what's called? I think it's called the heat button, yeah. that they're able to boost certain messages, certain videos, certain, you know, mm-hmm. certain uh, agendas, yeah. right? And so when you think about, I'm taking, to, I'm putting another layer to it, but it's now, let's say a foreign actor, it's an adversary mm-hmm. using this uh, medium to literally brainwash children. Okay. Or adults or whoever else, right. And they have the ability to do that. So, you know, we're not fear mongers and what was, it It was, I think the Social Dilemma, Um, it was a movie, uh, it was a fictionalized, um, they they, they made it, it was like a documentary, but they made it into like a, like a movie, a story. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they were following some people uh, and the social media and I, and some of the people on it, I've seen them on podcasts and they speak so eloquently, Mm -hmm. but frighteningly about what is actually happening behind the curtain right and they know best because they are the engineers they yeah. are the technicians they know, they know what's what going they're on. doing yeah. and yeah. what and everybody in silicon valley i might this might be hyperbolic but this has been this has been known for years that they all say I only carry a flip phone and I won't let my kids Mm -hmm. have anything other Mm -hmm. than a flip phone Mm -hmm. because they understand just how pernicious the smartphone technology is.
1: Absolutely. And as you know, my husband works in the technology field and is very aware of these things as well. And as such, our son does not have access to social media, which I'll say that's all well and good. And we do monitor, you know, what he does have access to and we're very prudent about it, but we can't control what happens at school. Kids are bringing their, their phones to school. Kids are sharing, you know, what they they're seeing online. So despite our best efforts, we're also not naive and we understand that kids are going to be exposed to this, whether we like it or not.
0: Right. And I know you and uh, your husband, and I know that even though you know this is inevitable, mm-hmm. that they're going to be exposed. You're not just throwing up your hands and saying, well, what can we do, no. right? You're still that filter through which your son is uh, interpreting and yeah. per- perceiving and interpreting and processing. But so f- far too many parents they just throw up their hands and say, well, what can I do? Yeah. And one of the reasons is that they, they themselves are immersed in the same, For you know, sure. poison technology.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you, you say poison technology, and I think we, again, maybe sound like fear mongers, but truly the research supports what we're saying that um, it's it's not good. It's not great what's happening, but let's look at the <laughs> positive aspects of it. We spoke before about the COVID pandemic and the way in which it isolated us and, and um, you know, divide people, but it did also bring people together. So it's this wonderful thing where we are still able to, you know, share our lives with one another and connect with people. And sometimes I think have meaningful connections with people. Um, So it's not all bad. Would you agree?
0: Well, yes. And normally at the end of the uh, podcast, we talk about, well, what can you do about it? But I'm going to say it right now, Mm -hmm. apropos what you just said, which is. Um, when, when I was asked on the media many times, well, what can we do about this? This was in the early days before we even knew how bad it was, but I could see what was happening. I told people, I said, don't be a passive recipient Mm -hmm. of the information. If you want to make good proactive, let's say beneficial use of social media. Be active. Don't just look at other people's posts. Yeah. Reach out to people, talk to people, communicate, yeah. share your own experiences. Mm-hmm. Not like, you know, like, hey, here's the latest dump I just took. Okay. Not that, <laughs> but rather more uh, substantial, yeah. meaningful, you know, uh, having said that, of course you have to always be careful because mm-hmm. the other thing with social media or any type of electronic communication is the legitimate fear that somebody can hack, somebody can get it sure. and you don't want to expose yourself. But I'm saying, mm-hmm. as, as you were saying, you especially with, with COVID, as we talked about in a previous podcast, Mm -hmm. um, social media, sorry, well, either social media or any type of electronic communication allows us to reach out around the world, Mm -hmm. you know, um, more than ever before. And especially with the, um, let's say video technology, that was the boon and back, I mean, I'm old enough to say, I actually, I don't remember Dick Tracy. I didn't ever read Dick Tracy as in, as a comic book, I was into other comics, but I was aware of that and I saw the movie. Okay. So the idea of like having a phone on the wrist, like that's that's this future technology. But the reality is being able to communicate like that with screen time Mm -hmm. and so on, it can be very positive. It can connect and it's not as good, it's not even close to as good as face to face Mm -hmm. in person. Yeah. But.
1: But it's the next best thing in many ways. It's the next best thing. Yeah. And And even in our profession with delivering therapy, it's, you know, the the tools that we impart on each other are the same, whether we're face to face or online. So, you know, it gives people a lot more access to a lot more things. So certainly positive in that regard. Um, But. I'll go back to the negative here um, because, you know, back to things like isolation and communication um, connection and, and so on and so forth, um, a phenomenon that seems to be happening a lot is ghosting. And you alluded to this earlier as far as, you know, the anonymity that people have when they're, um, when they're online and people commenting or liking or whatever the case Maybe You may not even know that person. But even with people that we do know, um, I don't know if it's a loss of etiquette or if it is that anonymity or that space that's placed between us, um, you know, that doesn't exist on, in face-to-face interactions. But there is new research emerging that there are actual um, real psychological consequences that come from that. Triggering one's rejection sensitivity is, is a big yeah. piece of it. And another one is not really understanding how to read social cues. Um, there isn't a roadmap for this, just like many things, but there, there really isn't. So, the way in which somebody communicates and interacts and and, uh, behaves online doesn't necessarily mirror the way that we would read those cues in person.
0: Right. I got to tell you, um, first of all, in one of my books that will be coming out at some point in the future, I talk about ghosting and I say it's one of the most evil things that you can do. Uh, Now it's become normalized. Mm. So, people think evil. What a hyperbolic statement. No, but but it is. It it is. And and so, I say this to my students, I say it to my patients. I'm going to say two things here um, where I say, ghosting, I say, if the person, the other person has not done anything wrong to you, they were not rude in any way or something like that, to suddenly just ghost them out of the blue. Now you said it can trigger the rejection sens- you know, sensitivity, but the other thing it does is if the person's like, wait, it seemed like a perfectly fine date. Yeah. And now suddenly they ghosted me. Right. right, That's confusing as heck. It's, it's confusing. It's anxiety-focused. Yeah. They ruminate over and they play it out. What happened? What happened? And there's no way to reach the other person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's distressing the sense yeah. of helplessness, which mm-hmm. eventually can lead to hopelessness, yeah. and that's why I say it can be so evil. I right. say, and, and you know what the response to, of so many young people is when I say that to them?
1: It's not a big deal.
0: Well, it's it's not a big. They say something even more, which is, hey, I don't want to shit on all, all the young people, yeah. but, but they go, I don't owe them anything,
1: and that's bullshit. Like, because yes, we do as human beings, Exactly, we owe each other the respect, whether it's online communication or in person. Right. That's our responsibility.
0: Exactly. And if all of your communication was in person, very few people would have such lack of respect and have con- consideration. Do have the gall to do that. Have the gall to suddenly just turn around and walk away without saying anything and just, you know, leave. No. You don't do that. No. Right. But with online, it's so mm-hmm. easy to, to create that barrier. Right. Um, and again, I just want to be clear. If the other person has done you wrong, if they've mm-hmm. been totally disrespectful, rude, whatever else, no, you don't owe them your time, right? You should set up the boundary. But absent that, to not even say, hey, you know mm-hmm. what, I'm really sorry, but, okay?
1: Right, if, because regardless, of, if if we are disrespected, disrespecting in return isn't the answer.
0: Exactly. Well, yeah. no, again, but if, if if the person has been really, really again if they if they crossed a line mm-hmm. okay i i don't mind them ghosting okay if if again if they've truly crossed a line but again that's a pretty high threshold if anything other than that yeah. again just simply say hey i'm really sorry it didn't turn out uh, you know simple okay
1: yeah. and and in dating sure but i think in, right. oh, with in friend, any other right, relationship right. or interaction yeah. you know no we don't owe anybody something but as decent human beings it's the it's the responsible respectful thing to do even if you're cutting off communication letting the other person know okay we're done
0: Right, I mean that's a social contract. Yeah, when you engage with somebody else, there are certain expectations. Yeah. and I, I've I've said this uh, many times in my classes, um, and in my book, which is I believe that my patients. Okay, it's funny because whether we're talking about ghosting or any other type of, let's say, um, a a deficit in mm-hmm. um, in etiquette in in consideration for other people, it seems that my patients are the few people. Who are, let's say, they, they maintain the old decorum, mm-hmm. and I think that's one of the reasons they come to therapy.
1: Oh, and I've seen the same. Absolutely, yeah. they're yeah.
0: so distressed over, yeah. like, and they say to me, they say, "Am I am I crazy? Am I the yeah. only one?" I go, "No, no, no. You are a decent peop- person. Right. The people who, whether it's showing up, uh, sorry, whether it's it's ghosting." Or, yeah. because you're so used to being able to just, you know, let's say, um, just get rid of someone, delete, whatever mm-hmm. else like that, when you have in-person uh, communications or engagements, yeah. I've seen so many people, they show up an hour late, say nothing, okay? Ugh. Or they go, oh, sorry. And then the other person's like, well, okay. And, and they're like, then they suddenly say, wait. Why are you getting angry at me, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. wait a second, you're the one who just wasted a person's hour right. or whatever else like that. Yeah. And they, they they were a bit upset. And yeah. instead of having any empathy- There's entitlement. There's entitlement, yeah. right? Now they're the victim, yeah. okay? And I've seen this happen more and more with with young people and yeah. it's becoming part of the culture.
1: Right.
0: And yeah. and I and I do attribute a lot of this to the social media because again, there's no repercussion. If you and I are having a face-to-face discussion yeah. and I say something that's offensive or hurtful mm-hmm. or just wrong and I see that, that your reaction- consciously unconsciously i am seeing your 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 cues and unless i'm a psychopath or unless i have very poor social abilities i recognize that and that's helping me program and navigate and learn how to behave in the future exactly yeah you don't have that with social media
1: no and to touch on the point that you mentioned earlier just the 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 distress that comes from the cognitive dissonance of people engaging in what is known to be regular decorum and social norms and not having that reciprocated and again the distress that comes with that i think is happening more and more and um again not to age us but maybe it's more people of our age group who are kind of you know in that manner of being but then also immersed in social media and it, it it's hard to reconcile
0: yes and it my. Might- my fear is that it's becoming more the norm, yeah. Rather, than, and the people in charge, the the parents, uh, leaders, whatever else like that, whether it's at work or somewhere else, yeah. Most people are asleep at the wheel, which yeah. is why we came up with the title "Awake sure. at yeah. the Wheel" because we're seeing people in these positions failing in their duty to set the let's say set the pace, set the yeah. norms.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you know, as far as what do we do about this? Something that personally I'm doing with my child is. If you wouldn't behave this way in person, you do not behave that way online. Whether or not that, you know, other people are going to follow that same rule, I don't know, uh, but I think that's a really important takeaway. If you wouldn't behave this way in person, don't behave that way online.
0: Right. And it's funny because uh, before I got canceled on social media, uh, people would say to me, why don't you just go uh, before and after? They said, why are you putting your name out there? you're making yourself vulnerable. And after I canceled, they're saying, why don't you just go on anonymously? And I say, well, because it feels wrong to me. My mm-hmm. values dictate. If I have something to say, I'm not going to hide behind a no. cloak of anonymity. No. I'm going to say my words, I'm going to stand by them and I'm going to suffer the repercussions. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and, and again, social Media, so uh, electronic communication, it robs people of, or it, it allows them. I shouldn't say rob; it, it allows enables them to, it enables yeah. this type of again anonymous mindset. And all the research is so actually, it's a crazy. This is such a fascinating study I yeah. that, and, and this is incredible because even if you're using your real name or whatever, if you can't see the other person, you're dehumanizing mm-hmm. them. And there was one study done a few years ago where it's it's amazing that a, it's a person was in a room, and I forget the, the specifics, but they had the opportunity to cheat. Okay. Mm-hmm. They knew they were being watched. Mm-hmm. Like there was a camera or the two-way mirror or whatever. They knew they were being watched. Okay. And, um, and you know what allowed them, what made them more likely to cheat, even knowing that there was somebody watching, you know what it was?
1: No, I don't know.
0: Um, and I forget how they set it up. It was years ago, Um, but just wearing sunglasses. Okay. So even though you know, part of your brain knows that, wait, I can see everything I'm doing.
1: And I was thinking some, some <laughs> degree of anonymity, anonymity is yeah. probably what does, what does it. Yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. And that's why people uh, on Halloween, we know that so many people engage in these, you know, reckless or yeah. just violent destructive mm-hmm. behaviors or yeah. with Antifa in their masks or when people yeah. go on protests, yeah. when you believe that you can, you know. I when, can't be when,
1: identified. And, Nobody can really know that it's me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so on social media, it's just, it's ramping that up so much and that's becoming people's norms from the youngest of ages. Mm-hmm. And once again, look, I'm not, I abhor violence, but especially for boys when we were younger. We learned if we had a big mouth or if we, you know, we spoke out of turn mm. or we, we crossed the line, there were repercussions there, right away, yeah, right? Yeah. And most of us learned, whoops, okay, either be smarter about it or get big and, and you know, and, and whatever, but fact is there were repercussions. When yeah. you're a young child being raised with very few repercussions, if mm-hmm. that becomes your norm, yeah. you become, I hate to say it, I've used this in other podcasts, but you start becoming a narcissist mm-hmm. and I, I want to be careful with my language, but- and I'm not, I'm not saying people are becoming literal psychopaths, Right. but if you think about what, what really defines psychopathy, the lack of regard for others, yeah. the ability to have, do something without remorse, right. that's what we are creating in mm-hmm. people. And again, I'm not saying literal psychopaths. No,
1: not diagnosable, but right. many of those tendencies. And as a side note, how sad that people are so comfortable under that anonymity to be so negative and so hurtful. Yet we're not seeing the converse where people are, you know, free with positive commentary and, and thoughts.
0: Right. And so, yeah, it's, I'm really hoping that, you know, that, that there will be some change. I, you know, it, I, I don't know if it's, it's false hope because once again, so many people who should be in charge are asleep at the wheel. Mm-hmm. And I can only hope that, you know, with people like us, for example, um, you know, not trying to pat ourselves on the back, mm-hmm. but we're just, we're doing this because our values dictate. Yeah. That we speak out. We see yeah. an issue. We see
1: something wrong. We want to, want to identify up. it and, yeah. and
0: address it. Yeah. So I hope more people will do that.
1: Agreed. Yeah.
0: So I guess on that note, until next time, keep your eyes on the road and your hands upon the wheel. As much as we love listening to ourselves speak, especially me, uh, we would love to hear from you as well. So our emails are in the description below. If you would please write to us with your questions, feedback comments, topics that you'd like us to cover. We can do this together, the two of us, but it's much better if we do it together. So we look forward to hearing from you, and we are going to have a segment called Rounds Table where we're going to discuss the the um, feedback and the questions and so on from our audience, and we will, uh, we will take it to the next level. We're going to help you be able to deal with some of these issues that you might be bringing us, or it's going to be a topic for us to explore together, and we really look forward to building a community, a community of like-minded people who want to do right by others, not just for themselves.